Hi, this is Michael from the Unloved Seafood podcast. What you're about to listen to is our first ever recording. At the time, we didn't feel that it was just right to be our first episode. But now looking back at it, we're kind of proud of it. And we're proud of the information that we talk about in it. So here it is. If it's a little bit scrappy around the edges, we apologize. But enjoy for what it is. It's Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Someone is coming back to Elm Street. He is not friendly. He is not patient. And he is not a welcome visitor. No! 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 But he has something terribly special for the new kid on the block. It started to happen again. Dad! I'm in trouble. You've had some scary dreams, okay? Help! Daddy can't help you now. Fight him! You are not afraid of him. He doesn't even exist. Ah! Freddy Krueger is back on Elm Street. Get out of here, Lisa! Jesse, fight him! Watch out for him. He'll be in your neighborhood soon. A Nightmare on Elm Street, Part 2. You are all my children now. Freddy's Revenge. <laughs> Unlove Sequels podcast with Claire. Say hi. Hi. Michael, say hi. Hi. And me, Jake. Hi. Each episode, we are going to delve, probe, and discuss the sequels that Hollywood should have left by the roadside. By the way, here's a trigger warning. There will be spoilers, so if you don't like them, go and listen to a TED Talk. Now, on with this week's movie and a bit of a classic franchise. And here's Michael. He's going to discuss, he's going to tell us what, what this week's movie is. Okay, so this week we will be discussing Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. <laughs> Thanks for that, Claire. That's You're welcome. Cue. Anytime. I'm here. Any, for all your but sound effects that's needs. That's not actually your theme tune. It's not the theme tune, is it? It's Freddy, Freddy. No, I don't think that's it, isn't it? No. They kind of like no, do okay. one, two, Freddy's coming for That's it. That's the one. Yeah, it was a little kid singing. Yeah, but not in it. this movie. No, but we'll discuss <laughs> that later on. Okay. It's just everything <clears throat> it's plot. They do have it slightly on the soundtrack of it, kind of like on the instrumental. It do is they? playing in the background. Yeah. I listened oh, to I that today. That. Okay. So I'm going to give you a brief description of the plot. So Jesse and his family move into the famous house on Iron Street, but it isn't long before Freddy comes knocking and looking to take over sexually confused Jesse's body to fulfil his murderous needs. You say sexually confused Jesse? Yes. Well, Go on. He, the director and producer of this say it isn't a story about a sexually confused teenager, but... It is a story. But we've got eyes and we've seen the movie. Yes, exactly. Quite clearly, <laughs> it is. This is the thing, though. What they were trying to come across is, from my opinion on this, is about this was this film was made during the AIDS pandemic. It was um, it was a time where people were very aware about the homosexuality 
and a lot of people really just wanted to like discuss that as a massive talking point like literally two months before mm-hmm. this movie came out that was the first time president reagan even mentioned aids even after three years of it being in the front page mm-hmm. of every newspaper so it, it i feel that this movie was aimed to as a negative movie towards the lgbtq plus but it's now become kind of like a cult classic with kind of reclaimed so, it okay. i'm using yeah. the term we <clears throat> being an ally i think it's fair she's to call the only straight one an here. ally i think that's going to become apparent i'm not me. sure oh my god <laughs> we needed to kind of I feel like slightly feed people with that but <laughs> i think it's, it's been reclaimed hasn't yeah, it by the community <laughs> It has. I don't know who's the community. <laughs> no, Your community, okay. our community. The community. Listen, Michael, just for context, yeah. uh, when was this film released? In 1984. I'm saying that. I have it written down, and now I've gone... Well, I'm so IMDb glad says 85. 85. 85, so it was uh, made in 84 for 85. IMDb, you... She did, she got is that, that going to be a thing in this podcast? I am. I am. That someone's going to say something. I, I'm going to go, IMDb. Actually, IMDb says. Actually, that, yeah. you're wrong. Can we get like a sound effect added for every time we have one of them? Mm-hmm. That's I'm going to get a right. klaxon. I'm going to get an IMDb klaxon <laughs> the next time. Uh, every time we you can say sell something. them on our merch page. IMDb <laughs> says. Oh, here he goes again with the merch. It's all about the merch. It's Listen. not about the merch. It's not about the merch. But if it's you want so to send us money. <laughs> that's fine we'll take your yeah, money you can send us money if you want we'll merch, do we'll, tell we'll us what patreon. you want and, and we'll make it is it too early to start bringing in a patreon account i, I, feel <laughs> I know it it's is. only <laughs> i feel it is i think, I think let's produce right. something okay. worth paying for first yes <laughs> yeah, at the moment i don't think we're getting very far <laughs> anyway movie should we talk about yeah, the movie exactly so michael i know you're a fan of this movie so i am what's your take I think it just got lost in translation. It is very different to the other entries into the franchise. This is the only yes. one that kind of like, this is kind of like shoehorned in between two movies that were kind of not, like the first one was written and directed by Wes Craven. He had helped with the storyline and script of the third one. So, you know, they completely changed the formula in this one. And it's kind of like shoehorned in between three, two different stories. Mm. So like- Well, you see, you say that, but- he does. He does. And, mm-hmm. and looking at it through, through the eyes of us, watching it 35 years later, because this, this mm. movie is 35 years old, which is slightly worrying. Um, but looking at it 35 years later, yes, the, the movie, it kind of sticks out because yeah, it, it feels exactly. like it's been shoehorned into the franchise. But when you look at it through 1985 eyes, it just took a different direction from... The original. It did. It and did. then when the franchise continued, it went back to the original direction, which is then made, after the fact, it's made uh, number two stick out more than, than it would have done. There wasn't, you know, had, had they wanted to, they could have run with the setup from two and made the franchise very different. This film was very successful. Like, it took more money than the original movie in the box mm. office. Yeah, it made 10 times the, the budget I was reading. Yeah. yeah. Which so, is actually, like, nowadays would translate into, like, billions of pounds. Well, I, mean, it took, I think it took, like, 30 million? Yeah, the box 3 million budget. Bu- 30 million. 30 million take. Million. IMDb, G. I, Wikipedia did that, actually. Yeah, so. I think they got it from IMDb. 
<laughs> I am a Wikipedia whore, so. <laughs> but like 30 million to do, back in 985 today, that's, I think that's probably like 97 million. Like, like for a horror film even to be, even in today's terms, for a horror film to take that much of, in exchange rate, that much money is massive. Mm. Yeah. And it was a massive draw at the box office. Um, the reviews came out, they weren't great compared to the original. There was a massive drop in what the people thought of the franchise. Um, but I think kind of like... So wait, here, then guys, why have we made this an unloved sequel? Well, it is an unloved sequel because now it holds a terrible reputation with the fans. So like the hardcore Nightmare on Elm Street fans, if you go, yeah. what is your worst one? A majority of them will say... Have you done a poll? No, I use it. Have you ever heard of an app called Letterbox? No. no a what? An app called Letterbox. It's like a movie review oh, okay, app. Right. And lots of people okay. go on there and they place their reviews and you can make lists of okay. your top um, top movies in a franchise. So you can make a list for Halloween or Nightmare on Elm Street. And a lot of people place this along the bottom half of the list to what it is. I have a feeling, and for once I, I may be wrong about this, um, I have a feeling it's got the lowest Rotten Tomatoes rating out of the franchise. Worse than Freddy, I don't think it's as bad as Freddy's Dead. Is it as bad? It could be, because Freddy's sure. Dead was all. I'm going to find out. She's going to go Let me check. Google. I'm going to. She's an IMBD. She's an IMBD. Well, no, I'm going to go to Rotten Tomatoes, aren't I? I oh. feel that there could be a T-shirt saying IMDb Queen. Like ah, honestly, I love it. I love it. I'd buy that. Like it. if it was at the right price. I think like if something's worth something. experiencing, it's worth researching. Quite frankly. Um, oh, I thought, oh yes, no, I have got. A Rotten Tomatoes tab already open on my phone, so this isn't going to take me long. You two continue talking while I just check this, okay. and then I'll come back to you. Is there something to be said about the fact that this uh, movie had a male in the lead? I love that about this movie. But that is the only yeah. one in it. And even back then, to have a male screen queen, as the terminology is, um, yeah. it's completely, you know... It's it's not really seen. It's still not seen today to have a horror film to have a male like leading. Do you think that was one of the reasons why it's been universally panned because it moved away from what is you know what what audiences expect? I think so, but also it's so. Do you think the the massive twist that here's a here's a bit of a uh, an ending of the movie? Um, Lisa, his girlfriend, who survives at the end. In the original script, she was supposed to die. He was supposed to kill her. Mm. In the finale, I have feelings about that as well. And they didn't. And they got in hold of Wes Craven <laughs> after test screenings, and test screenings, Wes Craven said, "Don't kill the girl." I think it would have been great if he'd killed her. So do I. Don't get me wrong. I like her as a character. I do like that she survived. But I but also they, think it would have been a great twist ending when they had that embrace at the end. If he'd just gone, ha, claws into her back. But I um, think kind of like when they've got this over-effeminate guy playing the lead who's screaming quite loudly and he's not very masculine, you know, I think the story, they, they by keeping her alive and the way the story portrayed about him trying to take over the young boy's body and all the, like, gay sex, not gay sexy, but, like, the whole kind of, like, stuff with the coach being whipped in the shower and stuff. I think... And of, can we just say the... the- the jock strap moment. Oh, that was the best bit of the film. That's suddenly when I went, oh, what this movie's not moment? that bad. Did I miss what? a bit? 
when they were like when they're playing baseball and then they start to get into that little rough tough him and Ron and he grabs him by the yeah. gray sweat pants he pulls down his- oh and he pounces him yes yes no I did see that yeah. I've got it in my notes it's like the fourth thing I've written I bum in capital letters we write we round that moment about four times because I couldn't believe it I thought Mark is this gay porn had a great ass back then I don't know what it's like he now did. he did it's a nice bum he had a really it's a good ass it's a good ass anyway Rotten Tomatoes yeah uh I stand corrected. Hey, guess what? Michael Rotten tomatoes me. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, 41%. Freddy's Dead, Final Nightmare, 22%. But hey, guess what? Such a bad movie. 15% for the 2010 remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street. We do not discuss that. It does oh, we not do, are we just pretending that one didn't happen? Okay, that's fine. There were a lot of short shorts in this movie as well. It's the <laughs> there 80s. were a lot of shorts. It's the 80s yeah. and it's California. It's an all-year-round wardrobe, California, to wear short shorts. I guess so. I guess so. It was all about the short shorts and the tiny bikinis. Teeny, tiny triangle bikinis. They are. You see, back then, if you had opened up a um, crack sack and back um, shop, you'd be making good coin, I feel. Everybody was very smooth as well. Very Everybody was smooth and oiled, weren't they? they Everybody was pristine, smoothed and oiled at that that pool party. But I thought it was interesting that um, Jesse's body, if we could just like, (laughs) let's body shame him for a moment. Um, (laughs) It was interesting that they chose a guy that didn't have an amazing body. I mean, and he does have an amazing body, obviously. All bodies are valid, I get it. Um, But he didn't have that stereotypical... He didn't have that steroid. He had a very like, boyish body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and when you consider mm-hmm. the other people that were considered for that role. The yeah. role, Brad exactly. Pitt, Christian Slater, who were Brad Pitt. Um, yeah. Michael J. Fox. Um, they were all established. They were quite well established. Like early 80s, how established were they? Christian Slater was definitely re-established. I don't know too much about where Brad Pitt's career was back then. But no offence, but if you were trying to make a male lead at the horror film and you've got Mark Patton walk into the door and then you've got Brad Pitt and Christian Slater walking, you're going to well, go, this is the thing. I want that one. He <laughs> doesn't scream is? Hollywood leading man, does he, though, is the, no. is the thing. But I like that. I like that. I like that as but, well. But, but if you were an audience in 1985, would you have liked that? Well, I don't know. That's the, yeah, that's I, the I guess. I guess probably not, hence we're here making this podcast about it. Yeah, but back then there was no internet. So you didn't really know these people in the movie, especially in horror films, that you would turn up at the box office, buy your ticket because you knew about the franchise, but you didn't know about actors. They didn't have access to, like, Hollywood Reporter and stuff, what we have now, you know, mm. what people's like IMB did of the Rotten Tomato or what other films they've done. You would rock up. How did see... people enjoy movies before IMDb? Could you imagine watching a film and going, <laughs> who was that? What was he in? I genuinely what can't imagine <laughs> watching a movie and not being able to IMDb it afterwards. Claire, we're of an age when that was actually possible. I don't remember that time. I've blocked it out of my memory. You don't remember watching Titanic? Well, yeah, I remember watching Titanic. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't care about looking up anything about Titanic. No, but I'm just saying there was no IMDb then. Then. No. no. But the internet has made me hungry for information. I well, that's a good thing. <laughs> but pointless information about movies. This is true. <clears throat> but did you notice how his character got more flamboyant and more kind of like, pardon the t- like terminology of it, but more gay with his character as the movie got on? Like the first opening scenes of the movie, he's just like this boy next door, kind of like soft around the edges. 
But as the movie got on, he was more kind of like, as he was supposed to be getting more scared and more paranoid about being taken over by this evil spirit, aka Freddy, he was far more, you know, softer and a more kind of like hectic. But he just came across like he'd lost that ability to act this kind of straight role that obviously that he was trying to put across. The kiss scene that he has with um, his girlfriend in the pool... Um, it's freaking in awkward pool in the pool house. It's so awkward. Oh. It really was a bit. Awkward. But here's a, another thing that I noticed is that <clears throat> a bit like Mark Hamill, right? It's like um, the camera either absolutely loved him or it really hated mm. him. I don't know whether anybody noticed that. It's like some scenes he looked really really cool i know this again is objectifying but hello it's a it's it's a it's a horror movie oh i know what i was gonna ask right famous people really don't go in horror movies though do they back then back then no. so when we were talking about you know would someone like brad pitt have been a draw to this movie oh i don't necessarily mean in terms of box office probably probably. i don't think he was necessarily no? that famous to be a box office I think probably the three we mentioned, Michael J. Fox was probably the most probably um, the most famous marketable at that point. But but I meant in terms of um, although he wasn't necessarily an established Hollywood leading man, Brad Pitt had that that Athena guy thing going on, didn't he? I know this was way earlier than the Athena guy thing, but you know he had that kind of just beautiful. Yeah, Brad Pittness. Yes, yes. yes. Um, so I, I don't think he was necessarily a big Hollywood name at that point, and I don't think he would have been a draw in that sense. But he would have looked good on the poster. Oh my if you, god! If you think kind of like though, in the original movie, Johnny Depp was in the original film, and he wasn't really known. That's true. He was doing some TV work at the time, and you know, Wes Craven literally said, as Johnny Depp walked into the audition room, he didn't know who Johnny Depp was at the time. And it was Wes Craven's daughter who was like, oh my God, he's hot, you've got to employ him. And that was his first major, major movie role. So you know there's people around these directors going, oh, he's hot, he's not so hot, or he's a little bit soft around the edges. You know there's people, so they're, you know... <laughs> he's a bit soft around the edges, don't, don't hire him now, will you? <laughs> but, if, but, you know, because for, for, there's so many reviews with the and interviews with these directors and producers of this movie, because it's been quite controversial over the years, that they say they didn't go in to make a gay movie or an anti-gay movie. But there's no way that they saw these other actors and then not saying that Mark Patton isn't a good actor. Patton, he's not a good actor. He's a great actor. But he's not the leading man. And this life, this film really fucked up his life. Mm. Because this, like... He talks about that, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. In a documentary documentary called Screen Queen. It's a great documentary. And you kind of, like... I wouldn't say feel sorry for the guy, but you kind of, like, look at it and go, he went into this trying to... This was his big movie break. And then he just didn't, nothing came off of it. And he basically, because the, even all the press came out and said he was a big gay afterwards, blah, blah, blah. He went into hiding and didn't do much things, do anything after this. He ran away from Hollywood mm. because he couldn't take the, like, to be ridiculed. He was a gay man, but he wasn't ready to come out. So in that aspect of things, it's not like, you know, I think if he went in there and they said to him, we're going to make a gay movie, here's your, do you want to play this gay character is one thing, but they tro- they sold him one movie and then made a completely different kind of film. To, to the point is that, you know, he's he's doing what he's been told to do, but they've the way they've gone around and kind of like, and apparently the script was never 
clairvoyancy, like at the beginning of it, it was kind of like constantly being rewritten during production. So they kept changing it. And like the scene where he was that whole dance scene, that wasn't in the script. I loved that scene. Hang on, what dance scene? The dance scene. The dance what? scene. How can you forget the, the dance, dance scene, scene in his room? Packing, when he goes up to tidy his room. Oh, it does. Yeah. Little, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, risky business moment, isn't it? Bob. Is it risky business? Yeah. Is that the film I'm thinking of? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. trying to, it was that moment because he puts on yeah, the glasses yeah. and yeah. it's like. I quite like that scene. It, in it, your underwear. It felt, I think this was, this oh, is no, one of the things with this film. I think that there were lots of moments in it that I really liked and that was one of them. But it, it jars with the, like it, it doesn't sit with the film. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, alongside the rest of the film are you saying that because it was a man doing it <clears throat> if a woman had been doing it in a in a scary movie it would be well this is what happens she's cavorting around her bedroom playing sexy yeah maybe maybe <clears throat> to, to no one in particular she's just there she's just flaunting her sexuality that's what happens with women in scary movies before they get you know slashed um but it's very unusual to see a boy doing that um, I mean, apart from the risky business thing, unusual in today's term. If you saw a guy like Mark playing that character today, or someone in that age group playing that character today, mm. you know, it wouldn't. They would just throw a line in the middle of the film and say that he was gay or sexually confused, and that would be enough for the audience. You wouldn't even need to be a ventrit further than that. It's because the whole movie, he is chasing. The, he's chasing Lisa, trying to persuade Lisa that he's like wants to go out with her and be her boyfriend and then the next minute he's kind of like like the way he seems with Ron you can see the way yeah, he yeah, feels yeah. about Ron like literally the bit where Ron's oil oily the bed. way we all feel about Ron <laughs> yeah like the bit when he wakes Ron up and he breaks into his room after the pool party scene mm. he's a bit like yeah and he's like and Ron's- with those sheets <laughs> What the hell are with those sheets Claire did you notice Who, Grady's Ron's sheets I don't think I have any notes about Grady's sheets no, what was going on with they're the like sheets? They're like black plastic what? bags. Yeah, they're, Did you not, no, no, they're, yeah, they're, like, they're like a PVC plastic bag. They they're are, like PVC pla- ba- black ooh. plastic. They're a little it's bit like, horny. That seems really sweaty to me. <laughs> I know, and on the shelf, there's a board game called Probe. You're just like, um, what's going on? Mm, subtext. <laughs> yeah. And he's so, wait, I don't understand. <laughs> they're like, they're, they, like, they talk about how sweat during the film, how hot, because Freddie's taken over this, like, possessed this house. Mm. And that's the reason why everything melts in that house. But when he gets to Ron's house in Ron's bedroom, Ron's as sweaty and what? hot the, as he the was. The sweat budget <laughs> on this movie must have been enormous. Wow. So much sweat. The only person who wasn't sweaty was Lisa. Even at the end when she was running around a power plant and she was like... Yeah, nobody likes to see sweaty women, though. That's why. (laughs) Double standards in Hollywood. I'm not saying it's okay, but it's true. Nobody wants to see sweaty women running around in their movie. How interesting. That's really... Sweaty men, sexy. Sweaty really women. not sexy. No. Men do not like their women to sweat. One thing that I did find interesting... Is something JQ pointed out to me while you're watching this and you're texting us, where you pointed out that Freddie's only on screen for 14 minutes during this hour and a yeah. half long movie. I know, it's crazy. And you know, should we do should we do a segment now of like our favorite trivia? Is that I yours, think I Michael? I've shot my load on no. that already. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell you my favorite observation uh, on, about Michael's... this movie. Um which is, well, there's a lot of, of 
things said about uh, Jesse's screams in the movie and how he he screamed, like one of the, the kinds of abuse that Mark Patton has said that he received after the film came out was, um, Mark Patton screams like a girl. Um, on my observation from watching the movie was that, uh, yes, my, my his screams in his dream sequences seemed very effeminate to the point that I actually wondered if they were dubbed. But in the real world, so when he wakes up from his dream at the beginning, um, so that first opening dream sequence, it, it was the most obvious to me because he screams in the dream and it's a very high-pitched, um, effeminate-sounding scream. And then it cuts to him in his bed, waking up, using up half the sweat budget. And he gets sits up in bed and screams. And it's a much more um, manly, deep-sounding scream. I have not seen that observation anywhere else in any of, of the kind of post-watching research I've done. Um, so maybe that's just something that I spotted or maybe it's something I've made well, up. Are, well, you've heard it here first. Yeah. Well, one, the thing is, one of the, um, there's, a, there's a couple of times where Mark Patton's had to go back and speak to the writer of this because he kind of blames him for semi-fucking up his life. And he says quite openly, the director, he's even said it on Screen Queen's documentary, he turned around and said, I didn't write for Jesse to scream like a girl. And that was his comeback to this actor who's obviously been quite traumatized by it. Ooh, and it was kind of sad. Yeah, I was like, well, that is. But when I, when I went back and rewatched, and I've seen this film many times on YouTube, <laughs> uh, um, I could actually, what Claire was saying, it really resonated with me. And I felt like I could hear screams overlaid by screams, like he had screamed. And then they've overlaid and screamed as well. So it felt like, like a Mariah Carey track. <laughs> Um, exactly like a Mariah um, Carey trap. I think she did the dub, didn't she? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, it. Very young Mariah you Carey. Did a bit of additional voice work on this movie. But no, I, genuinely, when I watched it, I thought that was a conscious decision made by the, the director or whoever, um, that in the dream sequences, and I thought they were dubbed, I didn't think it was him making that noise. If it was him making that noise, brilliant. He's got good range. Um, yeah, I thought that was a conscious decision to have him screaming in one way, in the kind of classic horror movie, girly scream kind of way. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not that high. Jake, you do it. Did you just do one? <laughs> no, Did you just do a scream? I tried, but I'm not that high. But I said you could try. So <clears throat> No, I well, won't do it now. I mean, I mean I've I, got the lowest voice I'm out of the three of us, so there's no point me trying. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Don't butch shame me. No, that was a comment on myself. You've got one big set of balls I, I, as well. <laughs> This is not me passing any kind of judgment on either of you. This is all about me. Um, no, no, obviously. Yeah, I, I, I liked Jesse's girly screams, but I also liked his manly screams. I thought his manly screams were very manly Ooh. and his girly screams were very girly. Okay, now, could you remove the fence from your bottom <laughs> and uh, pick a side? So, one, here's one interesting fact. Robert England originally said no to doing this movie. In fact, they went into production. Now, without see, him. I thought I had heard slightly different. I might be about to IMDb you again. I'm really sorry. Um, I heard that the studio decided to replace him because he he wanted, he wanted more, more money. money. So there, there were yeah. um, negotiations, salary negotiations man. that were not so. going Robert England's way. Um, and so, and the studio said, we don't need him. He's just a dude in a mask. 
and they got some random stunt actor to do it. And after two weeks on set, yes. um, I think it was the director went to the producer who'd made that decision and said, no, we've, we've got it wrong. We need to go up to England. And he got um, what he wanted financially. And I think yeah, because he did, that was a good decision. He originally said, yeah, he originally he went, I'm not sure if I want to do it. And then he spoke to Wes Craven. And Wes Craven said, well, it's up to you. And then he went back, I'll ask for more money. And then he went... How do you know all this, Michael? Like, were you in these meetings? You seem to like know a lot of inside information. I watched a documentary... Every documentary called, going. Oh, well, then, OK, I stand corrected. <laughs> I watched this documentary called Never Sleep Again. It's four and a half hours long, and it goes through... That's every- not actually a documentary... That's what they're using Guantanamo Bay as <laughs> I, I was going to watch it, and then I don't know how long it was, and I have not watched it. Maybe I will <laughs> one day, but I haven't done yet. It, but it, it goes through every single, you know, every single movie in the franchise. And then people so, put the information from it onto IMDb, which is how I knew it, without watching four and a half hours of documentary. Um, that is it. So I think what we should do is, I think we should go... Hang oh, on a minute. I've got to do my bit that I, I thought yeah, was... Yeah, Jake, what was your favourite bit? Oh, your yeah, most interesting bit of Yeah, come bit. on. Someone ask me come my on, opinion on something. Jake, what is your opinion? Well, what I thought was crazy weird was the, the, the incessant whale sounds. Did anybody notice this? They are on the actual soundtrack. They were composed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. In the com- yeah they are. They whenever um, Freddie, music, didn't Freddie, they? I was going to say Freddie. Whenever Freddie Mercury's on screen, no, he it's was not great Mercury, in this movie. No. <laughs> whenever Freddie Krueger's on the screen, they they put <laughs> whale song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whale song. I thought I was in a freaking spa. Honestly, like a, a weird, weird spa, pretty weird spa. Granted. But do you know what? But, I, I, I don't know why, but for me, when I've, I've noticed that in the past, and I've always thought it was put in there because of sound machines and people use whales and noises like that to help them relax and go to sleep. So I thought oh. because he's such a, he's supposed to be in people's nightmares and stuff, I just assumed they were trying to say, hey, when you try to relax and you hear these creepy sounds, Freddy's going to get you, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, that would work you up. Well, that would work. Jesus, uh, I'm sleeping again now. <laughs> Next time you go to a spa... I'm not going to use the whale like, sound. Oh, just lay back and relax. No. I'm going to use fucking wind chimes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but this movie does have some really famous scenes from the, for the whole of the franchise. Like there's... there's iconic scenes. Iconic go on, scenes. tell us some iconic scenes. Well, you've got the body, I've got the brains when he first oh, yeah. sees Jesse and he pulls off his skin. So that's a really classic scene. And the bit of the pool when he goes, you're all my children now. That's really There's some really quotable <laughs> moments in this You sound film. like a Disney villain. <laughs> you're all my children now. I love that. <laughs> you're all my children now. For me, they are the two most iconic scenes that have come through this. And if you watch kind of, I think as a child, I watched these films when I was really young. And like that whole swimming pool scene really bothered me. Like I, I remember. Oh, why? I don't know. I just think because like there's like people having innocent like fun, like something teenagers do, and they're at a party, and then Freddie jumps out of the pavement and starts slicing people. But that was hated by Wes Craven because he because you're putting Freddie into reality and everybody can see him or something that 
he tried not to do with the original. Unless, sequels. of course, the, sto- the the party was that boring, everyone was actually asleep. <laughs> no, drunk. Maybe, maybe that was it. Oh, it's a trick. And yeah. I've been to those kind of parties. We've all been to those kind of parties. Oh. Well, because they're usually hosted by <gasps> you, Danny. I mean, yeah, fair. Harsh, but fair. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I'm only joking. Claire hosts amazing parties. I think she's never invited me to one. Yeah, you've been to one. You've just not been Might sober be enough to remember. Ago, but you went to one. <laughs> You know what I thought oh, yeah, about there that scene. I, I maybe I've spent too much time talking to Michael. I was a bit disappointed that that no one exploded in the pool and turned it blood red. That's what I was waiting for. Yeah, I was waiting because you I saw did, it yes. bubble and bubble and bubble, and everyone just got out. I was like, no, no, no. Someone needs to overheat and combust, and then blood red. No. Listen. Ever since watching. Um, uh, Final Destination, you know, where the guy gets sucked into the pool um, thing and is b- through his bottom. What? Have you ever seen that Which scene? Which one's that? Yeah, that's like Final Destination. Oh, I, did, I think I gave up before. Then. Fi- just talk about sequels. <laughs> we'll, come back to, we'll pin that one for a future <laughs> episode. <laughs> yes, he gets sucked down the bottom of, like, through the suction pump thing at the bottom of the pool, through his bottom first. <laughs> and, the, and it's really messy. And th- ever since watching that, yeah, that's my See, I that's think whoever came up with that scene pool. clearly watched this movie and was like, well, why didn't that happen in the pool? I mean, if the, sh- if the shower yeah, exactly. water can turn blood red in the shower scene, when, where did, how is the blood getting into the shower water? Yeah, but if you think of it from a production point of view, you make a whole swimming pool red and then they've got to reshoot it. They've got to empty that pool and refill it. This is... A, this is oh, yeah, no, I realise from a practical point of view, but just as a, you know, <laughs> as a viewer of the movie... No, but they could have done it with lights. Oh, they could have done it with lights. That would have looked really... Yeah, no, that would have been quite... Kind of like... Yeah, well... <laughs> and to be fair, <laughs> give them their dues, <laughs> this movie, every single effect in it is practical. There are no CGI effects... Apart from um, well, apart from <laughs> the the bus. No, it's a model. Yeah, I mean, it's practical. Then it's not an actual school bus. It's a model. But at the end, where you see those terrible, they're supposed to be demon dogs, but they just stuck baby faces on the dogs. And then you, yeah, what the, what was yeah. That? yeah. And then they went. She went in, and then there was that random rat, and then there's a devil cat that came out. No one has a clue about them, but. Uh, on that documentary <laughs> that I, I watched with all of it, the, they said to the, the special effects guy, he goes, I apologise for how shit these were, but during production... Of Was it, that a, a verbatim quote? Yeah, he goes... He like, he I'm said, sorry about how shit these look. Yeah, because then he goes, in the next breath, he kind of like goes... Oh, the reason why they're so terrible is because I was employed to do Aliens for James Cameron, so I really didn't give a shit about this. <laughs> it basically <laughs> just says, these are crap, because I had because a, bigger, I had a better job to get onto. Harsh. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I just have to say, legal point of view, is that what he said? Because <laughs> I don't want to libel somebody. <laughs> he apologised for I strongly advise everyone to, to watch the documentary early. to find the actual quote but, on this. Yeah. If you've got four hours well, of your life... I'm not going to say it word by word, but he says they're shit because he had to Okay, go you're day. paraphrasing. Just, just from a legal point of view... Clarity saying, is good at this pa- point. You're paraphrasing <laughs> this is what he said, that there was a bigger paycheck but and he cared less speaking, about the smaller... The, that's what he said! <laughs> anyway, generally speaking, <laughs> the effects in this movie, I think, are quite good. And given their dues, yeah. they're For all, 1984. Yeah, and they're, but they're all practical five, as yeah. well. Like, if, if they made that movie, if they made this movie now... It would not be practical effects. Yeah. It would be 
And I don't even think it would have the soul. And it it wouldn't. It would all be CGI shit. Okay, so shall we give this movie marks out of five for what we personally feel? I mean, is there anything else? I'm going to get upset and cry. I know about what Jake's will come out and say right now. No, you don't know what I'm going to say. Go on. I'm actually going to split my my vote into two sections. I'm going to do it. (laughs) Yeah, well, um, I'm going to, for the movie, the story, as in, if I went in 1985 and I went to watch this, um, I'd give it like a two out of five, maybe even a one and a half out of five, because I I wasn't scared by this. And you guys know what I'm like with scary movies, mm. right? What yeah. happened when I watched, what was the movie? Freddy versus Chainsaw Jason. Chainsaw Texas. Oh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre no. as well. That, what happened? What happened? You cried. <laughs> no, I was carrying a plate of food. You were both in the room. No, I wasn't there. Plate I never seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The wall. Well, it was okay. Graham. That was your um, boyfriend, Graham, in the room. No, 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 no. It was way before that. Um, any, someone made a noise behind me, and after watching that, and the plate of food went up the wall. This is, you know, scary. Oh, so it wasn't even the movie that made that happen. <laughs> this was movie. real life after the movie made that this happen. This was afterwards. I think someone came up behind me and went, <laughs> Uh, and yeah, that I, wasn't I me. swear to God, I'm so I do make jumpy that noise, but that in, wasn't me. in scary mood. I'm sure you're in the room. Claire, you're always I'm in, in the, the room. In your mind. In my in mind. mind. Yeah. No, I don't think, well, Special I've never though. seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, so unless, unless we're okay. confusing it with the, okay. the well, night that may or may not happen when we watched the original Nightmare on Elm Street movie, maybe it was the same night. Maybe you, <laughs> maybe you were watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre and I was watching Nightmare on Elm Street. I have no freaking mention of any of these Maybe it didn't happen. So well, <laughs> there's there's medical reasons for that, Michael. But we won't go into those. Anyway, so Jake doesn't um, like scary movies. So yes, so I don't like scary movies, and I wasn't scared by this movie. I think I jumped once in it. It all seemed it all seemed very 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 cliche. But I'm also looking at it from the fact that we're in 2021, and I've watched a hell of a lot of scary movies since that point. So it just didn't seem particularly scary. However. Um, from a look point of view and an aesthetics point of view, I loved it. I would give that a five out of five. I just thought it looked cool. And I know it's really easy to make the 80s look cool when you're shooting in the 80s because <laughs> you're not having to buy anything in. It's very cheap. Um, but I, I like the aesthetic of it. But in terms of it being a, you know, doing what it says on the tin, i.e. <laughs> it's a scary movie where Freddy gets his revenge. It was pretty poor from my point of view yeah he does not get his revenge there is no, no revenge, there is no revenge. Discovered. okay so michael michael what star rating do you give this well this is a childhood movie for me and i think i actually feel like i might have seen this before you've seen the original one because you popped down to blockbusters back in the mid to late 80s and rented don't tell people how old you are yeah and don't tell people <laughs> you how old you're renting this movie in the mid that. to late 80s because that makes you even older than you actually are <laughs> yeah, yeah no, okay. okay. My brother. Oh, well, I was going to say either that or your parents are giving you access to movies way <laughs> yeah. earlier than they should have been, which, you know, I've met them. Oh, yeah, 100% they were. Yeah, it could, it's true. Um, I would give this movie a three out of five. I like oh. the storyline. I'm a massive Freddy fan. Um, he cannot do no wrong. Um, I love Robert England in the role. It's very nostalgic for me. If I could shave off the last five minutes of this movie with that whole power plant 
kind of thing going on. Um, it would even be higher than that. But the ending of the movie really bothers me. But I think as a whole, I'm a, I'm a fan of it. Oh. Well, you see, that's interesting that you've said three Claire. out of five. That makes me feel a little bit better about... Because um, I was going to go three out of five as well, and I thought you guys were going to laugh at me for sitting on the fence because I do have form in that respect. Um, <laughs> no, two and a half stars out of five are sitting on the fence. Yeah. You, you've made a decision. Three I wasn't realise halves it. were an option. Is it? Oh, yeah, always well, half. Oh, gosh. Oh, oh see, always now I half. don't know what to do. No, I'm going to stick with my three. Are you going to do a two and a <laughs> no, half? I'm gonna, no, I'm going to stick with my three. Um, my reasons are different from Michael's, though. I think because, um, and from Jake's, in fact, um, I just think there were bits of the movie that I really liked. And I do agree with Jake that it wasn't a scary movie um, in that sense. There were not a lot of jump scares. Um, and actually a lot of the violence you didn't really see it it was mostly implied um, mm. but I, I'm a bit of a wuss when it comes to horror movies as well so that kind of works for me um, so I didn't feel cheated out of scares because I'm not a big fan like Michael knows if I go and see a scary movie I watched The Strange was it The Strangers that we went we went to the cinema to watch The Strangers and I bought a cushion she bought a travel to hide behind yeah, she bought a travel pillow so to that hide I could behind. duck behind and not have to look at bits that might be scary um so uh, yeah the the the, the scare <laughs> level in this movie worked quite well for me I, I quite like that um but I do appreciate yeah on a on a on a level of like scary and care bears <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of closer to um, care bears not scare no, bears. there were lots of things I really liked in this movie I liked um I liked Jesse and Lisa's storyline. I liked their love story that ended up being a different kind of love. Um, I liked some of the scenes. I really liked the dance scene. But um, I quite liked the the bit of ending that Michael didn't like in the the warehouse. Is it a warehouse? Is it the old... Um... I think it's like a power plant. where Freddie yeah, used to yeah. work. Yeah. Um, I quite yeah. like that, although I do agree that it would have been maybe better if he'd killed Lisa. Um, the the little epilogue scene, uh, I'm glad it was there because I was worried at one point when it cut back to the sunshine and back to the picket fence houses and it was all going to be tied, yeah. neatly tied Hang up with a bow. And I'm glad Can that I... they didn't end it like that. I'm glad that they did something. I'm just not glad it was that. If we're to believe the story, and I know this is, we were wrapping it up, but I'm just, I have to ask this, right? Is that if we're to believe that Freddie was taking over the body of Jesse, mm-hmm. yes. am I, am I yeah. right there? Yeah. 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 Right. And at the end of the movie, he walks from his house, like with no police, with no tag on his thing. I mean, the boy should be in prison. Well, yes. He's killed <laughs> how many people? That crossed my mind as well. But, but then I but also then wondered whether no the end was it. another dream. No one dream. saw him do it. Well, no, because if you think of it from... There's a whole pool party! Yeah, but they see Freddy, but not Jesse, don't they? So they see Freddy. So they just think it's Freddy Krueger again doing the... I thought the whole point was that it was actually him taking over his body and we're seeing Freddy, but actually in real life it would have been Jesse. No, I thought the suggestion was that every... when, when When Freddy took over, he became Freddy. He manifested as Freddy, physically as well. Well, Mark... Mark Patton... Patterson actually wrote a sequel to Freddy's Revenge. Did he? It's like a diary for. He wrote a sequel, okay. and it, it's not established. He published. You have to buy it from his own website. <laughs> of course, you do. And it's like, <laughs> and, it's like, and it's <laughs> like, but it's like 
It's it's he it's like a, it's a diary and it's about what happens after Freddy's Revenge and he gets he kills Lisa and in the power plant and then he goes to goes on trial for the murders. And See then, that would have made sense to me. Well, if nothing That's else, he should have been held the... accountable for Grady's murder. There can't be much doubt. Like there was only the two of them in a locked room. We know it was Freddy, but. Um, Everyone else, yeah. surely. There's no evidence that anyone other than Jesse was responsible for Grady's death. But what happens if? What about? What about if he didn't die? Maybe that's a figment of Jesse's. If Grady didn't die, death never happened. Yeah. Hang on, which one was Grady? His friend. The one <laughs> wrong, that, that wrong. we saw the Why claws you... go through him and through Sorry. the door and. Yes, yes, yes. I think yes. he's dead. <clears throat> called... Sorry. I... Do you know that? Freddie did climb out, out of his stomach. You don't know. It doesn't make any no, sense. No, I think we might be pushing the analysis a bit too far and, and backing you know, ourselves I into like my horror movies to make sense. I'm just saying. I'm old-fashioned What's a like horror that. movie You know where you're logic. standing with a scream? I'm just... <laughs> it's true. It's very true. So we've got a, we've got a one star from... Well, a two star from me and three stars from you. So it's hardly unloved, is it? Fail well, what, on this so one. What's I three what's out of five. I, yeah, I'm sticking with the three that I came three up with. Three out of five. Oh, so same as me. Yeah, but for different reasons. Excellent. Yeah. Right, guys, I feel that we have come to the end of our time, and I would like to um, invite anybody who's still listening, if you've got comments, <laughs> suggestions, you want to pay us some money, not that we've set anything up like that, but if you just want to send us a check, um, you can do so by going to unlovesequels at gmail.com. Yes, it's a Gmail account. It's what all the kids are doing. And um, you can send us, you know, little, well... Michael likes nudes, so no, you can send, send him nudes. some of those. Don't send nudes. I'm not a fan. <laughs> um, but if you'd like to suggest a movie for our next episode, although we have chosen that one, but for a future episode, do send us a little note there. I'll be quite excited when the first email comes through there. Yeah, but... And tweet, you can tweet us as well. Yeah, on Twitter at Unlove Sequels. Is it uh, at yeah. Unlove Sequels? That's Should it. we have a hashtag? What should the hashtag be? IMBD Queen. No. <laughs> Someone's oh, probably well, go. already got that IMBD one. Queen. Someone has probably already I... got that one. Um, but but yeah, hashtag name, unlock sequels. Hashtag. That, that's, yeah. yeah. Well, that tweet works, us, doesn't it? That's hip, young and trendy. If this goes well, we might exactly. even start a TikTok. Tweet us, tag us. <laughs> tag us. Tweet us. No, I ain't got time Michael's for TikTok. Got time for TikTok. No, I ain't got time for... Michael's got time for TikTok. So we might end up on TikTok. Yeah, I'll do Tell us what you want to see in TikTok. Yeah, I can put out. I mean, tell us how to make a TikTok, TikTok first, and then tell us what you want to see in it. <gasps> you could like mime. You could mime to famous movie quotes. So, until next time, thank you very much for joining us here on Unloved Sequels, the podcast. Although actually, this one didn't seem to be that unloved. Um, <laughs> <apart> from... <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> so well the highest rating guys. of three out of five doesn't scream we love this movie. Okay, well then, if you feel like we've done a good day's work, then good. <laughs> okay. I feel like it's been a valid use of my time. <laughs> I do. I do as well. Well pointed out. <laughs> Until next time, everybody, keep watching the screen. <laughs>